the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. One of the questions I get is, how much do I need for retirement? And there's no right answer. I wish there were, but there's not. And one of the questions that instantly thrown out there when you start asking of how much do I need and what should I do with is what do you have? Assets, liabilities, time frame, goals, experience. What? Tell me more about you. With housing prices being ecstatic and stock market prices being ecstatic over the last 30, 40 years, it's a pretty good time to have quote unquote assets. Bonds, not so much. With housing prices currently at peak levels, a retiree could say, how much do I need? And I could say, well, let's take a look at your home. There's a little old lady. She's not from Pasadena, but she, she's catty-cornered to me. And that home is worth probably a million and a half as a teardown, maybe two million. The lot is worth something. So if you're a retiree and you find yourself like not able to go back to work, that's a problem. Not having enough money to last till the day you die. That's a problem. You have to start being prudent and say, what else do I have? And sometimes you're going to look around and you're going to say, oh, I have a house. Invest in primarily home proceeds and saying, I'm going to come up with a, a portfolio that gives me some income. It's not a bad idea, but there's a lot more than just saying, hey, I heard on the radio, I should sell my house and, and rent. Residential homes are a terrible investment when all factors are considered, especially in California. What I pay in property taxes in some states is rent. I pay in property taxes for 12 months, sometimes rent for 12 months. What I pay in income taxes. So if I were to flee the state of California and drop the property tax, sell the property, lose the income tax of California, lose the sales tax of California, whoa, suddenly I've got a much better lifestyle in retirement. If the retirees are elderly and proceeds from the home sales could pay for assistant living, it's not a bad idea. I've got, a, like I said, a little old lady from Pasadena who lives on the corner from me. Some kids come to visit her. I think they're hers. But not very often. She's there by herself a lot. She's going to need assistant living at some point in time. Like, to take out neighbors take out her trash for her because there's a pretty aggressive hill near her. So if you're going to maybe sell the house and say, you know, I need $100,000 a year, I'm 90 years old, and it's a million, dollar, dollar, million and a half dollar house, you're not going to run out of money before, you know, you're, unless you live to 105, which is possible. But then again, it's, it's an is- issue. Should you sell your home to fund your retirement? Some people, that's going to be their only option. Because there's not enough retirement income coming from their portfolios or their pensions or their social security. CFP Chad Burton and myself do a lot of seminars talking about income and retirement because 
We've got a budget in retirement. Even if you don't know what it is, you got one. Do you have enough retirement income? And that's when you start looking at your assets and thinking, what can I do? Should I sell my uh, Anchorman bobblehead collection? Should I sell my baseball cards? Should I sell my stock? Should I sell my bonds? Should I sell my car? Should I sell my house? Can you change your lifestyle is a big one. I know a woman in the Bay Area who was a fraud. Her and her husband basically pretended to have a little uh, startup company that was all that in a bucket of chicken. And they kept getting people to invest in it, and they kept living off of it. And uh, she went from living in Woodside to living in Phoenix. And that's, that's a lifestyle change. Could you imagine yourself doing that? So if you have a home that's worth, in the Bay Area, it's, it's easy to say 500000 to $2 million. You know, you can, for, for a million dollars in profit, you can have bond funds yield you $36,000 to $50,000 a year in income. Now, again, that is something you probably used to pay for in housing costs. Now, you don't have that house, and that money could pay for rent, and you're done. You don't have extra you know, thoughts about it. So a lot of homework has to be done. Like, how much does it cost to rent? Are you prepared to rent? I used to listen to that song in the 70s. Even though we ain't got money, I'm still in love with you, honey. Do you have love in retirement? Because that's all some people are going to have. So I think it's one of the bigger questions out there. And I think it's one that people don't look at enough. Of What does retirement look like? And am I prepared to change? Because the little old lady across the street, I don't think in her wildest dreams... She thought, I'm going to get old, I'm going to lose my husband, and I'm going to stay in the house that he died in until I die, because I really don't have a plan. You know, as a society, we say things like, honey, if I die, I want you to go on and be happy with somebody else. But in reality, what happens is the person dies, and that's the person that you know, we never get over. That's the person that we established our life with, our habits with, our ability to laugh with. So what are your plans in retirement? I think it's one of the bigger questions we should start asking ourselves. And maybe I'm having a, a midlife crisis and I'm asking it out loud for, for you to help me figure out what I want to do in retirement. I was sitting in a school meeting the other day and one of the administrators, I was like, I want to say, I'm going to work less. I'm going to be around a little bit more kind of thing. But you don't really want to say that out loud because once you do, it kind of makes it true. So it's out there. PIMCO picked Austin for the next U.S. office in the next big tech push. I would say it makes a little bit of sense to uh, look at Austin as a potential place that you want to invest in or as a potential place that has some upside. I'm not going to go <clears throat> all in on that story um, because I think there's some other good cities. You know, I think Seattle's played out. But it, 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 when does it, the ball stop spinning? We don't know. But Austin and Memphis, I get. Raleigh, I still get. Atlanta, I, I wildly get. Atlanta's got a hub, and businesses like that. So when PIMCO said that they're going after Austin for the next big office push, about 200 employees, that's a lot of houses. That's a lot of like uh, money coming in the area. And uh, I think PIMCO is right on with Austin. So I think Dallas is a problem. Not my kind of thing. It's just sprawl. 
So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. If I have an event coming up, you can always use code Radio25 if you haven't been to more than two events to get in for free. Radio25 at Rob Black Show. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Tell friends about the show. Podcast is out there under Apple iTunes. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. The Money Show is coming back to town, and one of the things that the Money Show does when they do come to town is they put together experts who can help explain the markets, whether it be Bitcoin or stock markets or housing markets and much, much more. Joining me now, Jeffrey Salt, Chief Investment Strategist and Managing Director of Equity Research at Raymond James. How are you, Jeffrey? Good. Good. What do you make of these markets or what is Raymond James' official stance on these markets these days? I don't know what Raymond James' official stance is, but uh, I think we're in a secular bull market. I think it has years left to run, and I think we've transitioned from an interest rate-driven secular bull market to an earnings-driven secular bull market, and that happened in mid-2015 when earnings power started to emerge. And you think a couple more years, or no crystal ball as far as... The history of secular bull markets is they tend to last 14-plus years, and they tend to compound at about 15 to 16% per year. So depending on where you want to start your count from, whether it's October of 08, March of 09, or April of 2013, when the markets finally broke out above their previous highs, uh, you know, you can, you can measure from any one of those points, but it still suggests we have another five, six, seven, eight years left in this thing. Mr. Salt, what will you be doing with the Money Show in the upcoming um, event? I'm going to be doing presentations, showing people what past secular bull markets have looked like, like 1949 to 1966 and 1982 to 2000. And I think we're in one of those type of bull, bull runs. What else can you tell us about your history, your background, to give us a little insight into what to expect in the markets? Well, I got into the business in uh, January of 1971. I've held most of the positions you can you can hold. I came in as a trader on a trade desk and then a trade desk manager. I've been a retail stockbroker, a branch manager, an analyst, a portfolio manager, a director of research at five firms, head of capital markets at three firms. I've been writing strategy wow. since December of uh, 1974. I've always liked talking business. It kind of keeps me young, uh, studying up. Um, clearly, you have a thing for staying on top of business. It does keep you kind of young, doesn't it? Sure. The markets are always exciting. It's something new every day. Yeah, I love that you go all, all the way back to the 1970s. Anything else that you want to throw in, Mr. Salt, before uh, we move on? Uh, just that you know, most people don't believe it. They 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 think we're good, you know the market's long of tooth, which I don't believe. Uh, they think the market's going to crash. They think that the country's going to go into a recession. Uh, and that earnings are going to fall off, and I don't see any of those things happening. Thanks very much. It's Jeffrey Salt. People can learn more information by going to themoneyshow.com. Um, there you'll see who some of the speakers are. Gene Simmons, he's going to be talking strategy. Jeffrey Salt from Raymond James. Jim Rogers, legendary investor. Maybe a, a tad, but how shall we say, on the opposite side as far as uh, not, not negative, not negative, just pessimism, maybe open-minded, some people would say. 
Uh, you got a lot of reporters from Bloomberg Intelligence and uh, forecast strategists from Mark Scusen and Christine Benz. She's going to join us later this week talking a little bit about the money show. You can learn more about it at, by going to www.kdow.biz. That's www.kdow.biz. Now moving onward and upward. Housing market, has it hit a significant slowdown? That's a big question right now. A lot of people want to call the top of the housing market. I don't do that. But the housing market has hit a sudden and significant slowdown in the past couple of weeks that could continue in the next couple of months. The real estate brokerage company Redfin uh, basically said, you know, some of the data here is starting to look a little bit wonky. An unexpected drop in Redfin's bookings growth in the past three weeks, slowing traffic growth and a weakening real estate market. Boom. So... I'm not one who tries to predict markets like that. Uh, one of the silliest stories of the day has to be McDonald's. Winning free McDonald's for lifetime. I guess that has some value, right? It's not a McDream, but I guess if you like the McNuggets from McDonald's, then you might have a McLong shot. Free food for life. They've got a gold credit card. Contest is aimed at boosting the popularity of its online ordering system. Uh, yeah, you can now get an app, get close to a store, boom, link straight in, and, uh, do your thing, so to speak. You're going to receive what the company calls is the Gold Card, good for two free meals a week for 50 years. Ah, suddenly the deal doesn't get quite as good, huh? Two free meals a week? Prize is valued at $52,350. Okay, um, I don't know if you're on. I want to say Wheel of Fortune. That's one that you're like. Really? Do I really want this? How do I value this one? So, uh, no odds of winning have been posted as of yet on that story. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Elon Musk still in the news. He's pointing the Saudis right now for funding his secured tweet that went out last week about potentially taking Tesla private. He's starting to look goofy right now. Now, he's looked goofy in the past and kind of cleaned it up, but the media is not being very nice to him right now. uh, He's trying to clear up questions on whether he can take Tesla private, saying last week that, you know, you kind of have to be careful. You can't tout your own stock, right? You can't say, oh, someone wants to buy our company for $420, unless someone really does want to buy your company for $420. So Musk is saying, going back two years, the Saudi Arabian government approached me multiple times about taking Tesla private. That'd be a tough one to prove, right? Or I don't even know if that's true. Netflix, their CFO, David Wells, is going to step down. Now, here's the problem with that. As an investor, you build a case, pros and cons, on why you like companies. And, for instance, you may say, I like the management team. I like the product line. I like the subscription revenue. I like the margins. But management team something that it's not a bad way of looking at it. Will the 49ers go to the Super Bowl? Only if they've got a great coach and a great general manager. They're just as important. That's why they get rings too, right? Doesn't hurt to have a freakish talent, but it's the way of the future. So the Netflix CFO is going to step down. And he's been on with the company since 2010. The only thing I could talk to you about this is that Netflix spends a lot of money, and they do a really good job of funding what they're spending. 
Um, their quality programming is off the hook. It's crazy. For they will, they will be able to raise prices in the future. But anytime you move a CFO, you, you kind of go, well, what happens if this guy's aggressive with his accounting? Have you ever had an aggressive accountant? Oh, let's write everything off. Or you get somebody who's like super conservative where you write nothing off. And you're like, come on, I'm pretty sure I can write off, you know, where my, my, uh, my necklace is. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If a seminar is coming up, you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Some days there's going to be a lot to talk about. Some days not so much. What are we looking at on the markets right now? You're basically got a little bit of eyeballs on Turkey. The turkey trot, so to speak. It's weird. I talk to my own sound effects. World markets shuddered again today. As basically there's a currency crisis going on in Turkey. The lira has tumbled on worries over Turkish president... Erdogan's increasing control over the economy and deteriorating relationships with the United States. Uh, you're talking about a big military there. You're talking about a guy who's in control. He's the boss. Sometimes these things don't end terribly well. There's a risk-off mood generally triggered over in Europe. So you're going to see more money flow into the dollar right now as a little bit of safety, but also the stock market, our stock market. The plunge in the lira, which began in May, looks certain to push the Turkish economy into a recession and that's kind of unfortunate. So as Turkey gets weaker, so does the euro. As the euro gets hit, uh, maybe that bleeds over into the United States with less tourism and business. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I want to bring in CFP Chad Burton to talk a little financial planning. We haven't heard from him in a while. Chad. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton, how are you? Great. How are things new focus? Excellent. I love the the canned answer. So great, excellent, absolutely. Those good terms. Yes. Um, what do you want to talk about this segment? Um, I was re- reading an article at I think it's like I don't know. Oh, Kiplinger's, which is my favorite financial publication out okay. there for people to read. Um, I want you know if you look at studies that on a lot of these fun magazines that are out there, like Money or whatever. It's when you, when you go back and look at the articles. They have in January the top ten mutual funds to own now, and then in, you know two quarters later they have the top one hundred funds for the year. Those funds never appear on the same lists. It's okay. like you're just it just never seems to work out. But Kiplinger's always has pretty good financial articles. This one's okay. It's kind of uh, you know what people what wealthy people are worried about. Uh, people that have a lot of money or a lot of net worth. And one of the issues that they're worried about is how are they compared to other people? And it's really wealth is relative to your expenses. Oh yeah. Um, I was saying the other night in one of the events that we were doing, uh, was talking about long-term care insurance and how important it is to look at, but at the same time, it's become very expensive last year in 2013, uh, rates jumped drastically. Females often pay more than males because they tend to be in the nursing home. There's no more spousal discounts and lifetime plans have gone away where if you go in with Alzheimer's for 15 years, you might get, you know, long-term care insurance plan that covers you for six, yeah, um, but not lifetime anymore. 
And rates of jump, people that have had policies have seen rate increases as high as 80%. So if you've bought long-term care insurance, it's probably going to go up in cost. And That's I always say, start shopping, looking at it, 55 if you're 55 and you're, you know, saved enough for retirement and your financial advisor that's, you know, fee-based yeah. has said, yeah, you're, he or she has said, yep, you're on track. You're saving enough. The sad part about that is long-term care is such a sad issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think people want to buy it because they don't want to ever be in that position. You know, the way you get around that is that nobody wants to go into a nursing home, right? Of course sounds not. sounds awful. Right. These policies pay for people to come to your house to take care of you. So that's one thing to focus on. Yeah. But again, I think the barrier that I would have is I don't want to picture myself in that position. It's like one of the reasons people don't get life insurance. They don't see themselves dying. Yeah. Um, so I got to imagine long-term care is a really tough sell because it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's for worst case scenario that you hope never happens. Yeah. I, I don't sell it. And I know people that do, and I know people that have exited the business in the last year because number one, it was already a hard sell right? because it's insurance and insurance is tough because it, it's expensive and you don't get any money back. Yeah. And now there's these hybrid life insurance policies which are better than doing nothing. It's better than leaving cash in a 1% CD. So if you got a lot of money sitting on the sidelines, it's kind of your safe money for if you go into a nursing home. There's these policies where you can use some of the death benefit to fund long-term care. Yeah. But if you pass away, your spouse or your kids or whatever, get the, get the life insurance. And it's not a great rate of return on your money. It's a little better than CDs. What do you think about a scenario where, like, um, I've got a uh, someone that I know that got offered life insurance at age like 72 mm-hmm. company was willing to buy life insurance on him. All he had to do was sign the paperwork. What do you think about those type of scenarios? Um, usually they're, I mean, most of the time you see those it's for burial insurance and things like that. And what they're betting on is that. So even, even over the bubbles of balanced portfolios, average, or the, you know, the, the big drops that we've seen in the last several decades, balanced portfolios have averaged about 6%, which means if you take the rule of 72, if you divide 72 by what rate of return you have, that's how many years it takes to double. It's rule of 72 is pretty cool. Okay. And so they're betting that, okay, it's they're going to have you paying about $5,000 for a $10,000 death benefit. And they know that they're going to be able to kind of double that money before you die. <laughs> so um, that's usually what the no-brainer, the no-underwriting type of programs are, are usually for things like burial insurance. If you don't have to do a lot of underwriting, go through a physical, get on a treadmill, check your heart rate, it's probably not a very good deal. Okay. Um, the only time people, older people at that age need life insurance is for two reasons. Number one, if you have a pension that's going to go away at your death okay. and you're trying to protect your spouse, you might need some life insurance. And term insurance doesn't work when you're over 70. Just, it doesn't, it's so expensive, it's ridiculous. Right. Or if you're over 70 and let's say you're a very wealthy business owner, you've yep. got an estate that's, if you're single over 5 million or married over 10, yep. and if you die, there's going to be an estate tax due of 40% plus over that value. And there's no liquidity. You're worth a lot of money, but it's all in your business. So you're business rich, your cash flow is fine, but you're liquid asset poor. And if your kids have nothing to be able to pay that estate tax when you die, what are they going to do? They're going to have to sell the business or sell business assets or drastically leverage it. So what people do is they set up an irrevocable life insurance trust. That trust buys life insurance on that person. You create a tax-free amount for your heirs in order to pay the estate taxes. So that's the, those are the reasons. Or charitable remainder trust is another one, which we can talk about next segment. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. 
<laughs> I just saw something that kind of threw me off a little bit. Uh, Malia and Wrangler jeans. Do you remember the, the Golden Age jeans? I think it's probably my generation, but probably every generation says that. The Jordache, the Brooks Shields. Um, but VF Corporation is going to spin off $2.5 billion division, ultimately, of the Lee Wrangler jeans as yoga pants are shaking up the industry. It's kind of like your third grade daughter is wearing cute, long white pants. Fourth grade, you're like, well, now they're capri pants. You know, kind of forced fashion, go with it. Um, but yeah, things change. So VF Corporation basically confirmed that it's going to offload denim. And jeans, in large part, they're going to you know dump it into another company, going to try to get some value out of the company. Uh, but the slim down company now is going to increase their focus on active lifestyle brands like North Face and JanSport. Ultimately, yoga pants. Good living, right? You're saying you can invest in yoga pants. You certainly can. And Lululemon has been kind of the the hit or miss as far as execution goes. Which, again, you can have the fashion, but you also have to have the execution. One of the things that worries me is that there's people who actually care about this next story. Today is International Left-Handers Day, a day to celebrate Southpaws. First and foremost, if there's a foundation of international left-handers and someone's getting paid to spread the PR news, I'm really worried. Papa John, CEO is ready to fight. <laughs> it's like a bad Dixie Chick song. Uh, Papa John's embattled CEO, Steve Ritchie, braces for his life. Pizza is my life, he says. His quote is, pizza is my life. Spicy meatball. So ultimately, the CEO is in trouble at this point in time. He's a Louisville native. Uh, he skipped college, instead earning what he jokingly refers to as his Papa John's University degree. But the founder got into some aggressive PR problems by using the N-word. And again, I don't know what was said. So I should say alleged or whatever. But anyhow, uh, now the CEO of the company is under fire because everyone's trying to point fingers of whose fault is it. But his quote is, pizza is my life. Okay. And again, that goes back to the whole story of Pop John's and the founder fighting this, the board and you know everyone trying to point fingers on who's to blame and who's going to save the company and who's going to turn around and how can we end this PR nightmare. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's heading towards back to school time. If it's not back to school time, we'll talk about that and more. Investing savings, retirement, insurance. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Are you a Tiger Woods fan or not? Tiger Woods teaches you one business lesson again and again and again. It's all about the money. Show me the money, right? Again and again and again, we learned this business lesson. Uh, eyeballs tuned up, up 54% going into Saturday. Just Saturday before Tiger had another successful campaign. I don't know. Is that the right way of saying that? Um, four days of golf campaign. 
<laughs> I'm so not good at this. But American viewers turn out big time. And uh, Tiger Woods brings big time viewers and uh, ratings. So I think he came in second. And I think that's good for the sport. How much money he's brought in. Like the NFL fought for years and years and years about gambling on their games outside of Vegas or Atlantic City. And suddenly now that gambling's legal in more and more states, Supreme Court decision, suddenly the NFL's like, oh yeah, we've always liked you. You've always been our partners and we need to make more money together. Right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. The money show's coming up. A couple weeks, uh, just a couple days right around the corner. You can learn more by going to kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. and learn a little bit more about what's coming up there. Um, right now, the market's not hyper-focused, but it's focusing in on what's happening in Europe. Now, our markets are able to fight that. World markets. Who, who's the... Is it the tail that wags the dog, or is the dog that wags the tail, right? We're fine. Uh, we got enough going on, but what you worry about is Turkey's not going to sink the United States. What you worry about, Turkey might take down maybe like Greece or Russia. <coughs> and uh, during that takedown, what you could find is like, and suddenly Russians are uh, vacation less in New York at the Trump Towers, and suddenly they're pouring less money into our economies. I mean, our elections. Um, and suddenly our elections are totally different. Like, so you could kind of see how this gets tied together, right? So the Turkish crisis is not a contagion yet, but you always wonder. A couple years ago, we had Greece, and every day for about four months, we talked about Greece's contagion situation where, oh, yeah, the young students there don't want to pay taxes, and they want social benefits, and, oh, they only want to work one day of the year. And the establishment was like, oh, you need to take care of your grandfather. That's my Greek impression. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And um, thank you, thank you, accepting the Academy for most popular radio host. So listen to this. Changing topics, dear, help me, please. Amazon's ad business is going to be a major driver, topping their web services profits by the year 2021. Jeff Bezos is watching you. um, Hi, Siri. No, that's not Siri. Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Stream Rob Black of your money. I could do that right now if you're in your house. Hey, Alexa, stream Rob Black and your money. So hopefully um, I just got some more listeners for us. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. So what I own Amazon comes up as a lot of times. I, or I own Amazon. I don't know when to sell it. Like They're kind of firing on a lot of cylinders. And their advertising business is going to be Amazon's next big business. Profits potentially could surpass that of their web services. And again, what kind of company is this Frankenstein? Is it a retail delivery company? Is it web services? Is it advertising? Um, Amazon advertising now is a major driver to results and valuation today. Um, $2,100 price target is what one analyst sees on it. Throwing that out there for you. And you can decide what to do on your own. Elon Musk, always in the news. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays out because kind of, his credibility is starting to lag a little bit. Remember, he's the kind of guy who threw out 
bad names and analysts calling them stupid and much, much more boring, banal. And then suddenly he's like, whoops, they kind of control the stock price and that kind of controls my wealth and that kind of. So he started to play nice, but he's having a problem. He's having a, a public perception problem right now. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money invested in more. Um, Magic Leap is one of the companies that's doing augmented reality. And from what I'm hearing so far, again, is that it's not ready for prime time. Magic Leap has pulled in over $2.3 billion in eight years to release its augmented reality headsets. And the field of vision I hear is tiny. It's cool, but it's tiny. Now, again, the first generation tech or the second generation tech or the third generation tech may not be the ones where you ultimately buy. What I'm a little concerned with is that's a lot of money to go in that company, $2.3 billion. And it's going to be very difficult to see how that company is ever going to pay back its investors. But it's early. We're giving augmented reality kind of a, uh, a huge, how shall we say, leash. So they're one of the biggest companies doing augmented reality. So we throw that valuation on them and we go, okay, well, where do we go from here? And how does uh, Facebook's augmented reality Oculus Rift division do going forward? Magic Leap has showed showed off the ability to project a solar system over a real environment with the Weaver able to interact with 3D objects. And eh, my fear is that $2.3 billion and all we could do is show you some pretty cool special effects. Um, Show me the money. Where's the money going to be? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow. Always help. Seminar coming up around the corner. You can sign up for it at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.